0: Leaders in AI is produced by Robin Lee, a content platform and community empowering the next generation of AI leaders and entrepreneurs. So, today's session is about how to manage remote engineering teams' best practices during COVID 19 and beyond. Um, and why we're doing this is because we're, been, there have been many discussions among engineering leaders, especially around how it is that you manage productivity, around remote working readiness, infrastructure, um, engagement and so forth. And of course, we want to talk about what happens next as well after this. So that's part of what we're going to cover today. So we'll be looking to both you, Omar and Ron for your best practices and for how you give guidance and leadership during this time. Um, but briefly, before we jump into a few other things, in terms of introductions, um, for those who are not familiar or who, who know Talents here, or me. My name is Margaret Laugh, and I'm the Vice President of Business Development at TalentSayer and host of Robin Lee. And um, TalentSayer is an AI talent search firm. We work with clients here in the Bay Area, beyond across the U.S., Europe, and Asia, and help them build out their engineering teams and business teams within the AI space, and of course in the non-AI space as well. Um, in terms of Robin Lee, we've built out these last few years a great, active, thriving um, community of over 200 s- subscribers. And here we talk a lot around AI content, and it's focused on AI research into commercialization. And we've talked to many great uh, scientists, leaders in the uh, research world, such as Yoshua jo- Bengio at Neuroips, or, or Chris um, Manning over it when we were at CVPR last year. And we talked to business leaders talking about how it is that they see products maturing and so forth within the AI space. Talked to a lot of researchers and VCs as well in terms of their investment um, in this area. So. This um, podcast will be available on Robin Lee after this. So, of course, we welcome you to see the replay there and um, to check else out on Talents here as well. Um, So that's awesome in terms of intros. For the session today, we are delighted to have two very experienced engineering leaders join us, um, uh, and both coming from different ranges, from startup, but also into the enterprise space. So, uh, Rong Yan is CTO of Verishop, was former uh, Senior Director of Engineering at Snapchat, um, and you have solid startup experience. So we're really looking forward to getting your insights today uh, wrong and thank you for joining us. And we also have Omar uh, Raman, he's currently the senior management manager of AI and ML at Adobe, has extensive experience in mature companies um, and having previously also worked at SAP. Um, before we jump in, how are you both doing today? How are your families? Like how are you getting through this right now?
1: Um. Yeah, and first like uh thank you for having me. So and then like it's I think it's a really great opportunity to actually share the experience with the community and hear like uh what people think in general. So but I really hope like you and your family stay safe in these unusual times. So I know this is like uh one of the lifetime experience that probably none of us has ever I, I experienced before. But uh one thing I also mentioned to Shannon like a little bit earlier before this conversation is that I also think this will be a great opportunity, like for a lot of people who um who love to like work in these communities, like because challenges and opportunities always exist at the same time. So and that's why like I would love to share this kind of optimisms mm-hmm. to the groups also during these conversations. So a little bit just about my backgrounds here. I recently joined a startup company called Very Shops, and that's a, a new type of e-commerce platforms that combine quality curations with brand discovery with the convenience for the users. Before I joined Very Shops, I spent five and a half years in Snapchat and I was the senior engineering director for product engineering for the company. And uh, there was about 250 people people in my teams across six different locations, and two of them are outside US. So that's why we do a lot of uh, remote team management at that time. And especially for my groups, we were responsible for developing and maintaining the core product features for Snapchat. And before that, I was the director for data science and infrastructure in Square, uh, managing about 50 people there. And then an uh, uh, engineering manager for ads, relevance and qualities in Facebook, managing about 20 people in Facebook. So yeah, that's roughly my background.
0: Okay. So you've got a good, a lot of geo experience managing um, medium and growing teams then as well, Ron. Um, that, that, that's great. O- Omar, intro to you as well. Like tell us first, how are you doing, how your family are, and then a bit around your background, right? A, like elevator pitch on Adobe and, and your current work today.
2: Thanks, Margaret. Uh, Again, to reiterate, it's a pleasure to be here and share my experiences. Um, We are doing well. Uh, My family, uh, I think we're keeping safe. So so far, so good. One day at a time. These are unprecedented times for sure, like Ron mentioned. Um, So we're just taking it day by day, week over week, and hopefully we get out of it as soon as possible. With regards to my background, about a year and a half ago, I I took up the lead role at Adobe uh, to manage the machine learning group across two locations, Seattle and San Mateo. Um, But beyond the direct uh, responsibilities of, of managing people, I also have the overarching responsibility to deliver AI solutions and AI capabilities within the B2B marketing space within Adobe. Uh, in doing so i have dotted line responsibilities of, of locations from san jose denver and bangalore at the same time um, so that's my experience in terms of managing uh, uh, you know globally distributed teams
0: right so you're working across different geos as well um omar and um, varying team size as well um mm-hmm. So let's talk a bit around infrastructure and processes for remote teams. So remote working is different for every company, right? They have, um, you know, a different structure, culture, maturity around how it is that they manage this. Now, from an engineering perspective, some companies do, but many companies don't have a remote um, engineering uh, working culture, right? Or, Or they have very different ways set up, obviously depends on the maturity of the company. So for Adobe and Verishop, can you share with us how it is your current practices today, and then what, did something change in terms of the shelter in place like that you had to do differently from an infrastructure or a process setup? So help us understand a little bit more around how that transi- what that was and then how that transition happened as well. And um, any challenges uh, that you had come up through that and, and unique opportunities to solve for these challenges. Uh, so, oh, uh, yeah, oh over, God. you go first, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, at Adobe, I mean, we are a large company with, um, uh, you know, globally distributed teams. uh, So we are used to remote work. Most of our processes, tools, softwares are, uh, you know, are built for remote access. Um, So we haven't had to change fundamentally our tools and processes. It's more about the mindset that we're we're having to deal with. so when it comes to distributed uh, development we use git which most tech companies use nowadays so the collaboration is, uh, is as before we have the standard communication tools in slack or blue jeans zoom etc so i think from that aspect we are well covered there are a few interesting challenges that, that keep coming up so one example for instance is We have interns that will be onboarding over the course of summer and it's the first time this will be a remote internship completely which means that these interns will not get access to internal adobe machines or adobe laptops and they'll be working on their machines in the the world of machine learning if you cannot access data you can't do much uh, right Um, so now how do you make sure these interns are productive now that they will not have access to our internal secure environments or uh, adobe laptops and stuff like that so we are having to synthetically generate data for them that uh, makes how the real data looks like uh, so that they can still be productive and contribute to our work um, so these are some of the interesting challenges along with with the overall mindset of just you know we are pushed to work from home always yeah
0: and and Omar, I just want to ask you there because you mentioned that you also have a team in India, and I know having spoken to many other engineering leaders, and in in Asia there's not such, uh, and India there's not such a great remote working culture like that's still quite new. So has that been a challenge for for your team?
2: Um. It, we are starting to see some uh, minor challenges that we are having to deal with a the network connectivity for instance especially in these times a lot of uh, our colleagues in India have gone back to uh, to their hometowns maybe um, so there, there maybe the network connectivity is not as great as in the big cities uh, you know, things like that um, but you know we are it's just the so, that we have to deal with these, and if uh, if it means that you know certain people they would need additional time to complete their work, uh, or cannot dial into some meetings, uh, you know we are video conferencing, it's fine. We just have to work our way around it.
0: Right, right. So so wrong. Same type of question for you, right? Uh, for the top, any adjustments or I mean, what is your culture overall? Do you have a remote working culture right now?
1: Yeah, so I think like uh, both Snapchat, which is my past company at shops, so it's actually built as a uh, globally distributed workforce environment. Right. So that's why like um, we have been very, very careful for building a culture that will make sure that our remote team can work effectively in our company. So I probably bring up a few challenges like for when I'm managing a remote team. So. And particularly in the previous introduction, I I mentioned that I have six different locations for my teams. And then like four of them are in the United States, two of them are outside the United States. One is in China, the other is in Australia. So it's actually especially for the teams that was outside the United States that bring like even more challenges for us. So uh, I can probably bring bring a few things. One is that um, sometimes remote team will consider themselves as a second class citizens to the headquarter teams. So they feel like they will be a little bit late in terms of get access to the company informations. And in some situations, they will get additional constraints in terms of data access, such as China and things like that. So that's one challenges. The second thing is about communications. Communications, like it's going to become more difficult on both sides. So, and like, no matter when you want to pass information informations uh, from the headquarters to the remote team or to the remote team to back to the headquarter. So, and that become, they will feel like less sort of uh, happy about the lack of uh, information flow. The third thing, I mean, I think Aamu just mentioned that it's a time zone issues. So when you have a 12 12 hour difference between one places and the other places and the potential overlapping in person time between those two places become minimums. So like, for example, all the meeting that we can have with Australia and China has to happen in the afternoons. So for like four or five hours, and that's probably the common overlap times that we can have between those two teams. So that's why I think these are all the challenges that I've been seeing when you're managing remote teams Mm -hmm. like that. So in order to adjust it, so I think there is like effort we need to do on both sides. So one is that on the headquarter, we need to eliminate the bias of considering like a particular place as headquarter in our cultures. So essentially what we end up doing is that we no longer calling Los Angeles as a headquarter of the company. We just like call it, this is Los Angeles, that's China that's Australia. And we get rid of that concept. So, and then that also help us to eliminate the bias. Like for example, when we are setting a meeting, do we like, always, I mean, we always need to consider we want to set up a meeting that fits with all the remote teams like schedule instead of a set, only setting out at a convenient times for like West Coast and stay with that. You know, you need to have always have this kind of mindset baked in when you are dealing with like all the cross like uh, locations like a discussion and things like that. The second thing is that like for the remote team we were encouraging like people rely more on like written communications to actually present their informations. So I think we, that's part of the reason is that in-person communication will become more difficult and challenging for those teams. So that's why they have to learn and they have to force themselves to actually do more about returns. So return is the best way for you to distribute information more broadly to the audience. And another thing is about what I call the proactive communications. So it, and sometimes it could be a cultural Sometimes it could be just like the distance mm-hmm. issues. People tend not to communicate as frequently uh, as like between the remote team and the uh, uh, the main team or the local team. So uh, I think we as a leadership keep re-emphasizing the importance of not just waiting for people to collect information from you. Instead, you should be mm-hmm. the one that that will be on the driver's seat to actually proactively share out those informations. So it seems like when a lot of people, they are sitting in the center of the information flow, they are not going to ask everyone to get additional informations, but you are not in that situation. You have to push yourself to actually push those information out to the people that actually need and who need to make decisions. So that's why that's also another mindset that we want to make sure all the remote team members are going to embrace. I mean, from their perspective. So I right. think like uh, th- those are a lot of uh, strategies that we've been trying to use, but taking a step back, remote management to me is still a, a, a difficult problem, still an unsolved problem. So, but we are always like trying to collect enough best practice for for us to, to think what we can do to make it better in the future. Right. So,
2: and, yeah. and
0: the- this is the perfect time, right, to be doing that as well. But don't go too deep into the communication aspect because we do want to talk about engagement a bit further on and uh, get some more specifics from you around that too. Um, but at this time, I had mentioned polls at the start. Well, uh, the first poll is, uh, was your company set up for remote working? Okay, so we're going to just take a few moments um, for that to come in. And as we are, are talking about that, so we've covered a bit around the infrastructure, the challenges. So. Um some new challenges that you're seeing, but but a lot of what you work with in terms of remote working still exists, right? So so that's still there. Um, but new challenges around connectivity, especially if folks have to, you know, as you mentioned, um, Omar, in some parts, um, the bandwidth and connectivity mightn't be as great as it typically has if you're at the office and so forth. Um so I see here that a a lot of people actually over 70% um did have a remote working uh, plan in 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 place uh, before this, uh, that their company was set up for remote working. Okay, so many of this might be some shared experiences that they have from that um, and so forth, but then we just see some nuances and, and the mindset of course is very important. I like some of what you said there wrong as well around taking, place, uh, taking away that headquarter mentality, right? So that everybody is seen more as equals as opposed to differentiated in the hierarchy that exists there. Um, so let's talk a little bit then around um, tips and trips for collaboration and communication. So Rong, you had started to touch on, on it there, but um, we know that engagement is key during this time. And of course, um, it's key for team success at all times. But during this time, more importantly, because, you know, you need to stay engaged, connected and communicate often with your teams. So a little bit more detail around how this, um, if you've implemented any new communication channels, are Uh, our community collaboration tools to keep everybody on track. So here we're trying to understand a little bit more around, you know, how that works for each of you. So Omar, why don't you go first?
2: Well, we've we've done a few things to sort of increase the communication. We have, uh, we have this term floating around called over-communicate. What that essentially translates to is in the past, I mean, if you need to discuss something, you would walk to your colleague, you would whiteboard something off and, and it was well understood across both the, team members right but now you are having to deal with uh, you know messages over slack or emails or maybe video yeah. conferencing and certain things can um, it's not easy to to get your point across so we are having to stress the fact that you know if you want to discuss maybe a technical topic make sure you do so with an example write down the logic that you're expecting from your colleague in a particular let's say methods to to be deep diving into how we work in, in our, our world Um, So that's that's sort of the mindset we are going with. Our stand-ups, usually 15 minutes have been extended. We are taking longer now. We are like literally, we are not standing up, so it's okay for it to go a little longer. Um, And I'm having to deal with, let's say, extended one-on-ones with my colleagues, more frequent one-on-ones with my team members, just to make sure that we are all on the same page, we're doing okay in terms of our product timelines.
0: Right. So so just um, oh, as you mentioned Slack and chats and that, I did want to, you know, there's a great uh, quote there from Jeff, uh, Jason Fried, who said that, uh, you know, chat puts conversations on conveyor belts that are perpetually moving away from you. And if you're not at your station, when the conversation rolls by, you'll never get a chance to get your two cents in. And we see that that might happen for, you know, current decisions that need to be made. But then how do, for remote teams coming online? How do you uh, mitigate against them having to go through like streams of chat conversations to find out where, where the current status is of what it is that they need to work on or what decisions have been made? So, have you any specifics around that that you have implemented? That, have you experienced it? And then, have you any specifics that you've implemented around that?
2: Yes, it does get uh, long and lengthy sometimes, especially when there's more of, uh, you know, in, in one particular group uh, on a Slack channel, for instance. Uh, what we try to do is maybe send out a summary immediately of the post-conversation, or send okay. out, just like meeting minutes. For example, you, you have a meeting, you right. send out a summary. Uh, we do a similar thing to just capture a snapshot and who needs to do what, for instance. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, cause, so you keep it tight, then so you know you have a good over overview and sight into that.
2: It has happened a right. few times, and, and that's how we are taking care of it.
0: Right. And and Ron, you, you've talked a bit around some of your new like your communication techniques and what you've been adjusting to. Um more specifically, um, how about finding any fun or creative ways for the team to get more connected? Is that um on your radar or, or do you kind of keep things like pretty solid business as
1: is? So yeah, um, so one uh, quick comment about the uh, uh, additional strategies that we are, we are trying to do here. So I just want to uh, quickly bring this up that we originally reaching uh, because our company and my past company was actually built for a distributed workforce. So that's why we have been always thinking about, like, how do we encourage right. our people to be effective in the remote working environments? So that's why, like, to some degree, this COVID situation doesn't really change our strategies, but it's actually forced us to become more disciplined in this case. So like one thing that Alma just mentioned like, for example, for Slack, and they're using Slack as communication, we also using the same things here. But we're just using like Slack in a more disciplined way and just structure weight. So for example, right now, we have a central information spreadsheet that document all the key metadata for the area. So for example, what are the upcoming release is coming. So, and what are the corresponding Slack channels that you are using? What are the corresponding point of context that it's having? A lot of those kinds of things used to be happening in hallway conversation among people. Yeah. So, and then like at this moment, we're basically putting a process to force everyone to put the information into one single places. So in that case, that not just the stakeholder have the visibility, but the entire company have the visibility, what's going to happen for the company. So we also like sending out meeting minutes. We also sending out weekly updates from like major teams. So, I mean, people has been doing this kind of practice like uh, just in, uh, I would say some people do it, some people don't do it, but now this is a great opportunity to sort of uh, force every single team to follow the best practice so that we can actually double down on the remote working environment. So remote working cultures that we want to build across company. Like, I, I take that as a positive direction that the company it's right. moving into. So back to your original question is that what about the fun activities <laughs> that can keep the team connected? Uh, to be honest, like we've been thinking about this, a, a lot of idea unfortunately was like being prevented by this sort of a physical situations. Um, so one thing we do is virtual lunch. So we used to have yep. a group lunch happening on a weekly basis. So we cannot do group lunch anymore. So, and then that's why we, still but we still want to see okay maybe it should be the right time for people to get together on a regular basis in a non-working environment so we keep doing a virtual lunch people bring in lunch in front of their computer and then like call in using google hangout and then people have lunch together but just like chatting some random stuff so this is like one thing that we are doing as a as a fun activity um, but I don't know whether like Omar or like, I mean, have other ideas on this, but, um, I don't think we're putting uh, too much sauce around that.
2: On the topic of fun activities, we are actually doing virtual happy hours. So me and my team will right. go on a happy hour on Friday afternoons. We've just taken that to be more virtual now. Um, and we are also trying to play some games during these happy hours. So next, uh, this Friday would be a trivia night happy hour. And then we're trying to see if we could play Fictionary. Um, something like that. So just some something to keep the morale um, high for all the team members, because uh, I think that's what most people are missing right mm-hmm. now. So, you know, just being able to to meet and go go as a group uh, to hang out together and have those discussions. So, uh, it's it's just right. not virtual.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot around that aspect too, right? Uh, the engagement and and productivity too, and uh, connection, right, is key. Um, So at this time, we have the next poll has gone up and uh, you have some multi-choice answers here, but what are your team doing to stay connected during this time? Um, So just while the poll is running through, you know, what I hear from both of you is that it is most definitely business as is and a lot of the structure that you've built into your teams and how you operate, you're maintaining that. And then some of the newer things that are happening are such as you know, doing the transparency has increased. So, you know, if you're in this um, Slack uh, discussion or chats discussion, I'm hearing from you, number one, um, Omar, that you do summaries out of those, right? So that folks don't have to spend some time getting back into that because, you know, it's a very active space. Um, And then, but there's also transparency in that. And you've you've talked about this wrong as well, in terms of, you know, you're doing an update, a daily update, and it's a written communication. so that uh, is building out more transparency because people across the company are seeing that and and just as we do this the the answers are in so thanks everybody for doing this um and it seems like that there's definitely that mix of um you know businesses is right a lot of people are using the same usual communication techniques there's additional group video calls meetings and so forth and then some online activities as well to you know keep that momentum and engagement there with everybody so Why don't we move into the last uh, few sections we want to cover here are certainly around productivity. So we know OKRs still um, are in place and, of course, are being said and business needs to continue and folks need to um, be focused so that you've good high performance um, in spite of everything else that's happening as well. So how do you keep uh, track of the team's productivity? without making the team feel uncomfortable or that they're being micromanaged. Um, so, Omar, any specifics um, are something that you're doing different there that helps uh, this, uh, ease the situation?
2: So, productivity tracking in our line of work was never about people being physically present in the office for a certain number of right. hours. It was always about deliveries on time, you know, making sure you, you can complete your stuff, uh, you know, with the right quality and on time. And that hasn't changed much. What, what has changed is maybe we add a little bit of buffer as leaders and project managers mm-hmm. into the project plan itself. So, you know, historically, if you look, when you do a project plan, you would consider the fact that if your teams are globally distributed, you would have some, uh, you know, time baked into that just to make sure, uh, you know, you can, you can meet your expectations. Um, you just now take that and multiply it with a factor, or whatever, you know, because everyone is suddenly remote. So think of everyone just working in some corner of the world. Now you'll have to bake it into your project plan. But fundamentally, in terms of assessing the productivity, uh, we haven't changed our OKRs or things like that. So that stays the same. Um,
0: right. But but how do you maintain um, you know, trust, right? You know, how do you maintain that like constant uh delivery right you know the the specifics that you need to to take charge of
2: that's an important question i think trust yeah. um, at least in this times the way we treat employees as leaders or companies or brands so that's uh, that's going to be the defining factor on how they're going to be perceived in the future so mm-hmm. a lot of it uh, boils down to empathy so i'm having to connect at a personal level with my team members to understand their particular situation or some are having to deal with kids being at home for instance right um, so they are probably not as productive during the the core hours of the day but maybe they are a lot more productive uh, from 9 to 11 in the night and then you just give them the the option to to work at their own pace uh, to be flexible so if I send Maybe I send an email, I know I'm not gonna be expecting a response till maybe late in the night, and that's okay because you know these are difficult times people are having to deal with a lot. There are maybe situations where somebody has an elderly at home that you need to take care of or you're personally sick and you need to uh, to take time off. So all these challenges we are sort of uh, you know uh, dealing with with empathy and and making sure that you know people are in the right frame of mind. This
0: time. Right, so you're bringing in the emotional intelligence there, Omar, as a leader, right? And making yes. sure you've got the compassion and empathy for your teams.
2: Yeah. Later, uh, now it is a lot more important, but emotional intelligence has always been a standing pillar for leadership.
0: Right, right. Um, so, so wrong. same type of question for you, right, is in terms of you know, what are you doing to continue to build trust and, and foster this, uh, you know, ensure that people are being productive and so forth. And, and again, knowing that you already exist in a remote environment, right? Is there anything different that you're doing to to balance this out during this time?
1: Yeah, first thing I want to mention is that like trust is the foundation of my management principle here. So, I mean, if any of you read the books called five dysfunctional of a teams, I think that's basically the number one principle. Mm-hmm for managing a teams and any process, any principle or any methodologies cannot be built without having a trust layer. So that's why like, whenever like I start to seeing conflicts from the teams, whenever I see, seeing like a potential like ineffectiveness of the teams, the number one things I will ask is that like, do you think you and your colleagues or or your, your partners actually have the right trust relationships? And then if they don't have that, then I'm going to step in to actually coach them and help to mentor them to help them to build these relationships in that case. So I think like uh, I always do that just like encouraging transparency, encouraging communications. Like, so just give a very recent example is that like some of my team members like seeing, uh, having a very heated discussions in a group group meetings environment, And then like, and I start to like talk to them to ask, okay, do you think that's a healthy discussion or not? So, and then we can judge as a leader, whenever a discussion go into a directions of being personal, or being like, not focused on things, instead of focused on like, the judgment of their opinions, then you start to sense like there is a mistrust problem there. So then what you need to fix is to make sure that they get rid of the personal perspective from the discussion, and trying to be very open to the uh, position to the opinions that they bring in and do a uh, a right sort of a uh, pros and cons analysis regarding of the persons. So and that's the the times that when I was telling them that two of you need to have a very transparent discussions so or this sort of open one on one conversation with each other to sort this out. So it happens afterwards. Happens really well. So and in that case, like the two persons no longer was cheating each other like as incompatible team members instead mm-hmm. they start to work really well after each other so that's one thing i just want to take this opportunity to reemphasize: emphasize like trust is the foundations not just in a remote working environment here but remote working make it becoming e- even more important if people don't trust each other no matter what process and what principle you set up is you're not going to set, right. sort of fix that issues and so, then the yeah. the one thing i want to just add is that like with the COVID 19 uh situations uh it makes that become more important for us to understand the challenges that people have been facing. For example, for the kids situations, they need mm-hmm. to stay at home, or for some health situations that they they are having. Like recently, we have team member isn't getting fever for whatever reason, or they need to spend like fifty percent of their regular working time taking of the the family. So I think we need to show our empathies around that. So and then it's very important for us to make sure that we have the right uh, right kinds of, uh, like thinking for this type of situations. So, so that we can earn their trust during this process.
0: Yeah. I mean, all of this comes together, right? In terms of, Omar, you had started out at the beginning as well, about talking about the type of mindset that you bring to the table. And especially during this time, Um, And I've had many conversations with other folks as well who've talked about, you know, just the fact that we're all taking a pause and showing, uh, I would certainly say a lot more compassion and kindness and understanding to each other like this is a very positive that's coming out of what is, you know, quite a You know a a negative situation as well um, in terms of what's happening outside there but this is really good for people that they're reconnecting back in with their emotional intelligence as well and looking at what they can do to offer support to their team members and then to also figure things out because they realize that the situation will manifest itself in negative ways right if they don't have that so it's really encouraging to hear that both of you are taking you know this type of leadership role within your respective companies as well to ensure that people, there's compassion, there's empathy, and then also you're helping people figure out, you know, so any misalignments that they might have had, that you're giving that opportunity to spend more time in it and understanding each other's perspectives. So that's, again, very encouraging. Um, thank you for all for that. Um, we have another uh, poll here as well that we're going to um, put up, which is uh, around: Are you more inclined to join a company that has a remote working culture? And that's for our audience as well to see where um, what they're they're thinking in terms of future opportunities, right? And 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 for folks to think a bit differently um, for talent leaders in terms of how their their companies are set up currently. And as that's going on, I do have a question for uh, so Omar and Rong. Um, when we think beyond uh, this current situation and longer term and again wrong you said your company's already working on this um experts talk about the trend for having a fully uh, remote management team and um, that if on a regular trend that that is you know two to three hours through two to three years out sorry my apologies um however we're currently in a deep social experiment in remote working right now um, so how do you see this impacting remote working culture and team organization longer term, especially for engineering teams, but also from a leadership perspective, because both of you are involved where you've oversight into other functions. Um, so we certainly want to talk about that. And then I'll come back into the results of this quick poll.
1: I think this is a very good question. So in fact, like we just talked about some of our, our observation in this week's staff meetings among our leaderships. So I think one thing I believe is probably not just us, It's many people actually start to realize working from home is probably more effective than most people expected. So, and then like, especially with the improvement of the recent teleconference technologies and network infrastructures. So, and then I also see like, I I definitely see all the challenges that we have here, but on the positive side, I think it actually incentivize people on several good things. One is that they will only create meetings whenever it's necessary. So, and then that was creating less disruptions for people or for the other people, like when they need a big chunk of time to focus. The second thing is that like the people tends to do more better preparations before the meeting before because they know everyone is actually remote. So it's important to do preparations. The last thing is that like they actually learned to, to practice how to do active listening during the call. So previously when you have in-person conversations, there was a lot more interruptions happening when you see shelling persons. So, but in a remote environment, it's going to become more natural for people to listen and find the right time to actually come in to actually offer their opinions. So, active listening is actually a very good thing for people to practice yeah. in this kind of things, right? So, I think previously, when people have a concern about remote working, mostly because when you have a mixed set of people, some are in the company, some are not. The people are in the company and getting the unfair advantage of being able to be more vocal and charming to offer their opinions, which makes the other side become less sound, looks like less effective. But in this environment, everyone is equal now. Everyone is taking equal positions. So and now the dynamics start to change a lot afterwards. To some degree, that become a positive dynamics. Like when people start to not just place into an equal situation, but they also sense to, they now start to understand, oh, okay, now I see the challenges from the remote team. And then I'd love to behave more positively towards that weight in that case, adding additional empathy from that side. So I see there will be a pretty profound changes for for like the leadership's like opinions towards remote working going forward after this big social experiments. This is just my, my two cents around it.
0: Right. But that's very interesting that you your observations are in this way inclined, right? That you see that the remote teams, like they feel that there's a better level of playing field, number one. And then there's been, you know, that turnaround effect. So for folks who might have been at headquarters and in person all the time are now having this experience of what it is to be a remote, remote team member. Um, So it encourages all the other um, activities that you say, like better observation, uh, uh, active listening, you know preparation before meetings and so forth like it's really interesting that you're observing that this is where the dynamic is leading so um you know that that's great to hear um omar how about your team
2: see that as well i think this will have a profound impact uh, going forward on how uh, we're gonna be uh, perceived working remote or, or versus being in the office um having said that nah, i don't see like you know the work from office going away completely. I think we um, a lot of people are still missing that. There is, there is definitely benefit to be had when, when people are together in the same room. The, so those benefits cannot be completely discounted and say so that, you know, come 2021, we are all going to be always remote. So there are pros and cons to each side. Uh, but definitely the remote work culture will, will see a significant uptick uh, and i think to all the points that Juan mentioned those are really the positives that will come out of it uh, like he mentioned in the beginning as well any challenge comes with a broad set of uh, opportunities right. just need to make sure we incorporate those those learnings and uh, opportunities going forward right
0: so so just to in terms of um Our poll answer, sorry, Omer, thank you for that. (laughs) And then in terms of our poll um, answer, yes, uh, we had an overwhelming um, positive inclination to join a company that has a remote working culture. So, um, yeah, it seems that we are in a very different phase of maturity around team development uh, that people are welcoming and would look to uh, pursue as well. Um, So, before we get into some of the questions that we have here in the chat and, of course, inviting out for any other questions that folks want to put in because we're going to move into that section now. Um, Omar, is there anything that you want to ask each other um, just while we're doing this? I've been asking all the questions here, so maybe you have some questions for each other.
2: Um, I know that... Startup world, for instance, Ron. I mean, you typically uh, benefit a lot. Maybe your company is different here. you are forcing, you know, distributed work environment. But in a startup culture, usually you hear about these garage-style work environments where people are banging on their keyboards, sitting close to each other. How do you see that affecting startups being being remote? Now?
1: Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's a very good question. And uh, so, but. Uh, Probably because like as the reason I, I mentioned is that like we, I mean at our company, we not only have Los Angeles people, but we also have Argentina people. We also have like people in the other places. We sort of, a, I mean, we sort of a form a natural habit among the engineers is that like, we should not just rely on those kind of a pair programmings or um how we call it, uh, so leveraging the physical uh, convenience to to do the um, coding type of a practice so and that's why like i would say most of the people are not taking that as their first choice so as their regular practice so and that actually help us in this environment is that like we can no longer do that anymore but it seems like that's not the very common things that we do i feel like the impact is actually not much at this moment so, and then hopefully after this period of time, they also understand, okay, what's the reason behind that? So, and then like, I definitely will still leave that to the engineering engineer to make their choices at some points, but this is actually one, just good times for them to learn, okay, why encouraging remote working sort of a uh, uh, discipline is actually important for the business in the long term. So, yeah, I know. Uh, so Alma, um, I think like on my side, I know. Uh, I mean, Adobe is a it's a very big company. So I think like for remote working, so probably not just affecting your team internally, but probably potentially affecting how your team working with the other teams. So and then like, how do you guys manage their situations in their cases, like especially with like different functions of the company or things like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it it goes back to similar points. I don't want to beat on a dead horse, but it's it's. Going back to like uh, you know uh, being a lot more disciplined, uh, over communicating, documenting things that you have discussed, uh, you know sharing meeting minutes very diligently. Um, so all those things combined together, you're just having to, to up your game a little bit now when you're when you're in another environment. Okay, so.
0: Yeah, uh, so we're, we're going to jump into, I'm going to take a few questions here. So there's one, what are the top three things that leaders can do to create a good remote culture? Now, I know you've both covered a lot, but give, give us your top
2: three. Empathy is number one. Uh, be conscious of people's times and, and uh, give them the flexibility on how they want to uh, you know, divide their time across the day. And just be more, uh, you know, be a good listener, especially at these times when people have certain situations to deal with, Uh, just listen to them and, and, uh, you know, try to help them out as much as possible.
0: Right.
1: Great. So... Yeah, my first point for, it's actually similar to Armour is like around empathy, but I would say uh, uh, in a different way, it's like getting rid of the bias towards like remote teams. So like we are all the same teams, we are all equivalent. So there's no concept of headquarters in the company anymore. So, and the second thing is about um, trying to leverage written communications as much as possible. And also like considering putting a, a certain all the data into a central data source. Like I don't care about it, it's a spreadsheet or it's a database or anything like that. But there should be one single places for you doc for you to do document all the information so that like everyone in the company can get access to those informations. Last uh, thing is about like adopting the best practice for remote meetings. So for example, prepare like before the meetings, like practice active listening and also sending out the meeting notes and action item after the meetings. So trying to adopt those best practices as much as possible.
0: No, that that's that's great. Thank you both for that. Um, we've one final question. Any advice, suggestions on joining a company remotely as a people manager?
1: So um, I guess like this is the um, I would say this is the interesting one. So in the sense that like at least when I was doing hirings like for my leaderships people. Um, my typical principle is that like for IC, I'm more open to do a remote, uh, I consider remote allocations, but I would love to, I mean, I would say if I have a choice, I would prefer the people managers to be closer to the team that he managed. So I think there's two situations here, is that like, if we're talking about hiring a manager for the remote team, then I think of course, like the manager don't need to be in the headquarter, but they should stay with the remote teams. So, and, but on the other hand, if we are having a situations that the people manager was actually in a different locations with their team members, I think that situation will become more challenging. So I don't want to hide that potential challenges here. So, but in that case, I, I do things like to some degree, you may need to sacrifice yourself by travel more frequently to actually to the tech team member that you manage, at least in order to build that trust layer first. So building a trust, layer, it's actually very important, at least in the first like three to six months. And once you believe that you have the right trust between you and your new team, then you can start to do a little bit more remote management. But remote management, I don't want to hide it, it's tough. So that's why we need to find a lot more way for the managers to manage them.
0: Right. And so it sounds um, wrong that you guys also view it in terms of location, the size of the team, the work that the team's going to be doing as well. So it's, it's a bigger conversation. It's not just a quick, Yes, no, you know, our easy suggestions on it. Um, Omar, it's, anything? Oh, yeah. Sorry,
2: sorry, Ron. Wow. Oh no. It, so
1: I just want to echo what what you said. So I mean, but i yeah. will uh, pass that to Omar. Yeah, yeah I agree
2: with you on this one. Uh, it's definitely important for people managers to be closer to the team. Uh, there is definitely benefit to be had, uh, for sure. So people management is is almost always 100% about the people. The rest, everything is secondary. And, um, And when you're in the same location with with the team, it does definitely add value. Uh, The secondary option is to have a lot more frequent travel if you were to be remote. Whenever travel opens up, I think uh, that's that's the way we would be going.
0: Right. So you see this, uh, there's a lot of similarities in your view there. Um, so we're just about, we're out of time by a minute. So I want to um, wrap this up. And of course, thank you both for sharing your time with us today and your perspectives and so forth. We got a lot of great um, discussion points from you. I mean, it certainly seems to me like that there's a lot here around trust that we can spend t- more time with. And we, that might be the, the topic for a, a future podcast that we do with engineering leaders and in terms of how you build that out and so forth, but at this point, um, I want to thank you uh, both. We're going to publish this on uh, Robin uh, Lee, um, so folks can see it afterwards who weren't able to attend. I want to thank our audience for their questions and for participation in the polls as well. Um, Omar, Rong and um, you both are an inspiration to us, and you're sharing great leadership um, in the engineering space. So thank you for your insights today, and thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Yep.
0: Take care, everybody. Bye leaders in ai is produced by Robinly, a content platform and community empowering the next generation of ai leaders and entrepreneurs are you interested in learning more cutting-edge ai trends and inspiring business insights from renowned scientists entrepreneurs and investors subscribe to leaders in ai podcast or visit our website robinley r-o-b-i-n dot l-y